Good evening and welcome to the Full Press Patriots podcast. I am your host, Chris Simino. Uh, tonight we're going to break down what went down over the last three days. Uh, after some maneuvering and trades and you know how the Patriots are, uh, they left the yearly selection meeting with 10 new players on their roster. Um, they also picked up a couple undrafted free agents and we'll, we'll go through those guys too. Um, we'll go through all those 10 players, uh, the UDFAs, undrafted free agents, um, and then we're going to talk about some of the trades and, and just um, what they made and uh, why they made some of those moves. Uh, and something that we saw tweeted yesterday that we'll just touch on shortly at the end of the show. So um, we get about half an hour, so we're going to get through this. We're going to talk about these picks. We may go past 30 minutes a little bit, but whatever. I got control of this thing, so I'm driving the car. You guys can just sit back and enjoy the ride. All right, so we got some work to do, so I'm not going to waste any more time. Um, So first and foremost, I talked about... Uh, the first round pick at length the other night. Um, we actually talked about it for 10 minutes. It was a 10-minute podcast. We talked about Cole Strange. Uh, the reaction to this pick was insane. Um, did the Patriots reach? It depends what you call a reach. Uh, first of all, grading or saying a pick is a, is a bad pick, I think it's just kind of ignorant. Nobody knows if the pick is bad. You just don't know. It's like handing someone a test. They take a look at it, and you point at them, and say that that person failed just because they looked at the test. You can't grade the test until it's passed in, just like you can't grade these picks until they play a game. These projections are based off opinion, and everyone knows a saying about opinions if you don't look it up. Bottom line is the Patriots, they, they traded Jack Mason because they didn't want to pay him $10 million because he's shown up out of shape for the last two years, and he just he didn't look good last season. I talked about it on the show the other night. He was protected all, well, when Trent Brown and I came back. He's the one who took care of him. Now, they got rid of him because they knew it's not going to get any better. They wanted a young, hungry kid that can be better than him, and strange even though he's an older rookie, which, you know, just like many in this class. Just another thing real quick. There are a lot of guys in this draft that are older. It's because of COVID. Guys transferred, they registered, and applied for extra years of eligibility. It was a mess. There was a two-year period there. It wasn't just one year. It was two. It it was nuts. So don't freak out about the Patriots drafting a guy that's 23 years old. They have a few. They took, I think there's four guys they took in this draft are a little bit older. It's okay. It's with what happened over the course of that year. There's going to be a couple guys over the next couple seasons, I think, over the next couple drafts, we might see some older players as those guys with eligibility and they get their, you know, special red shirts and uh, medical red shirts, things of that nature. Um, you're going to see some some young, older rookies coming in over the next couple of years, which is okay. Those, you know, that sucks for them because they just shorten their career by a year and that's less earning power for them. But it doesn't hurt the Patriots. They just get a guy who may be a little bit more seasoned and maybe a little bit more ready to go. Um, so I know the thing about Strange, too, um, the guy looks like he can play, so it's it's very surprising that people are acting the way they are and freaking out about you know drafting this guy. Um, he is six five, three oh seven, so he's good size. He's he looks like he could put some more size, uh, some more strength on, and more muscle on. Um, watching him in, in the Senior Bowl, it, just gonna be blunt. I mean, 
from what I was watching, the guy he was getting rolled a little bit by some of these other guys. So, I mean, they clearly saw things, and you see some of his game film. And, and the game that really stood out was the Kentucky game, where that's that's what he was. The Patriots were sold on him, but um, there's some work to do there as far as the strength overall strength is concerned. And I think that's something to keep an eye on so um that's just my only knock i have on him just from what i've watched but he's very athletic he's a, he's the most athletic lineman in this draft so he does get to the second level he's going to be good in the zone scheme which is something i think the patriots are probably going to be doing a little bit more uh, going forward um like i said he's going to take some time to adjust to the speed and the overall strength of nfl plays but he he's going to figure it out eventually and i'll eat my words if i'm wrong but belichick he's just really good at identifying interior linemen I know people act like it's an overvalued position. That's a load of horse shit. It's not an overvalued position. If you can't protect or stop people up the middle, you're screwed. Belichick clearly understands this, unlike 90% of the other guys out there. Listen, if you can't protect up the middle, it's over. Trust me on this. And I know this guy's high school football. Yeah, it's, it's still it's high school football, and that's what I do coach. But I've also been watching the NFL game a long time. I've been around the game a long time. If you can't protect in that area, just watch what happens. Go back and watch the 2007 Super Bowl. Go back. Just go check it out. I know some of you guys have PTSD from it. But just watch the interior. Watch that interior rush and watch what happens. If you don't have guys there that can take care of your quarterback, you're done. Look at the Bucks. Look at the Bucks and look what they did when they went out and got Brady. The first thing they did, fixed their guards. This year, they lose their two guards. What do they do? They immediately go out, identify it. They go get two guys, one of them who I think may be washed up, but we'll see. So people need to chill with the whole overvalued position at guard. Oh, my God, the interior lineman, that's in- it's overvalued. You can find them anywhere. No. You have a coach who's very good at finding them. You should be very happy with the fact that you've had guards and centers basically for the last two decades when other teams struggle to find that position, and it's not the easiest thing to find. So Belichick knows what he's doing, unlike most people out there who think that they're experts on this situation. So Mr. Strange, great name. Welcome to New England. In the second round, Number 50, the Patriots went with Tyquan Thornton, a wide receiver from Baylor. He's the fastest player in the draft. Um, fastest 40 time in the history of the combine. I believe it's a 4-2-1. I, I don't have that off the top of my head. I, when it comes to that type of stuff, I just sometimes I just don't look it up. But I did see it, and I know it was, I want to say it was a 4-2-1, but it was the fastest one ever. Uh, the kick and fly. And he can actually catch the football, too, which is nice. Uh, scouts complained about his hands being too small and he's too skinny. You know, being too skinny, it's not going to be the issue. The kids, he's wiry, strong. Yeah, I don't want to compare. I'm not comparing him to the. Please, I'm going to put a like a big message out there. He kind of looks a little bit like Marvin Harrison as far as his build. Um, I think he can get. I think Harrison was a little bit bigger than him, but I think he can get to that. I think Harrison was about six two one ninety. This kid's like six two one eighty. Um, Hopefully he doesn't become um, like Marvin Harrison as far as what he does with his car washes. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that now because he's a murderer. Um, but, yeah, so Tyquan Thornton, I think, you know, he is, he's got a little bit of that Marvin Harrison type build. Um, again, small hands. Well, you know, 
they're not small enough where it didn't stop them from having 62 catches for 900 yards and 10, 10 touchdowns last year for Baylor, which is not exactly a small school playing scrub teams. Um, he does run the slant very well. Um, so uh, with the small hands, sometimes the issue is when you're catching in traffic, uh, they said it's easy to knock out, and, and I and I get that. That does make sense. But last year on the film and everything we've watched, um, he runs the slant very well. Corners have to play off him because, again, if they play up on him, he's just going to go right by him. But when you're running those type of routes, like the slants and those type of things, the window closes quick in the NFL. So um, you're going to have to be aware of that. Other than Harrison, as far as his build, I can't think of anyone he reminds me of. Um, but he sure as hell isn't the barrel-chested, upright-running, no-hands Bethel Johnson, which was the first name that came out of many people's mouths after this pick. I mean, guys, like, seriously, seriously, can you just go watch, go watch like, a film for, like, a second and watch Bethel Johnson and then go watch this kid and go, oh, okay, sorry, my bad. They're not the same. It's not even close. You can call it a reach, and I know a lot of people are, um, but here's the deal, and I'm not even joking when I say this. I say this laughingly, but it's true. I know Pittsburgh liked him, and once I hear that, I'm sold, man. I'm sold. If Pittsburgh likes a receiver, and you find out if you get any information on that, take him, because he's probably going to end up being good. Uh, that team knows receivers, and I honestly think the Patriots jumped up to take him because if they actually thought Pittsburgh was about to jump in and snag him, and get another speed merchant wide receiver like they do with Mike Wallace and all the other guys that they drafted drafted in the past. I think the Patriots this time, they wanted to get the speed. I'm not saying it's a guarantee he's going to be good. In fact, he's probably just going to be an average guy. But his speed alone, it can't be ignored, and he's eventually going to be a factor in this Patriots offense. Um, if he could ever be a guy like even, I know this is a blast in the past, but like a Sean Jefferson type guy who really does take the top off the the, uh, the defense and, and help open things up underneath. I think it could help out guys like Joe Smith and Hunter Henry and guys that play the middle. Um, but yeah, Thornton's definitely going to stretch the field. Again, his speed alone, it can't be ignored and eventually he's going to be a factor in this New England offense um, in 2022. It's not going to take long before they have him out there in a package where if teams don't defend him, he's going to go right by somebody and Mac Jones is going to find him. So Tyquan Thornton, Welcome to the Patriots. Third round pick, number 85, Marcus Jones, cornerback from Houston. So <laughs> on this show, I openly mocked the mocks. Um, and I still do because I think sitting there doing a the mock draft and writing up, I think it's insane because it just is. So what I did the day of the draft, and uh, I have to admit this, this is kind of embarrassing, but... I went on Pro Football Focus, and I saw the mock draft simulator, which, great job, guys. That thing was, whoever put that thing together, it's impressive because I, I don't know how the hell you guys do that, but that's it's incredible. But it was the most addictive thing I've ever used in my life. I must have drafted 20 times, minimum 20 times. And the one guy... And I went through, I looked at them because I saved them all because I'm a loser. I went through, again, loser, and I I drafted Marcus Jones in every single one of those drafts. I like this kid. I watched him a little bit. I'm a USC fan. I'm a, a bit of a night owl. I'm recording, it's 11.40 p.m. and I'm recording this show, so there's a little bit of a nugget for you so you can understand where I'm coming from. 
I like watching USC. I like watching the late games. Sometimes Houston slips on the late games, and guess sometimes maybe I watch Houston. Maybe sometimes I watch them all the time. I watch Jones a lot in college. I like I'm, I like him. Kid's a good player. It's just more speed from New England, and this time it's in the secondary, which is an area of need for the Patriots. He's only 5'8", but this kid's ball skills are excellent, and he plays bigger than 5'8". Than he times up his pass breakups perfectly, and that's a skill that's going to let him cover the outside guys and the slot. He's also the best returner in this draft by a wide margin. He had two punt returns and two kickoff returns last year for touchdowns, so... Dude's pretty good. He's slippery when he runs. He's just one of those guys. He's he's quick, and, and you'll see it when he when he starts returning kicks for the Patriots. Um, when he gets in the open field, it's over. He did have shoulder surgery, um, so he didn't work out at the Houston Pro Day, and he didn't go to the combine or anything like that. But go watch the tape. It doesn't lie. And, and speed kills. I mean, the kid he has it all day. He he probably if he ran would have been the fastest corner in the draft. So. They drafted the fastest lineman, then they drafted the fastest wide receiver, then they drafted most likely the fastest corner. So they told us that they were looking for speed, and, uh, well, they didn't lie. So that's good. That's what they needed to do, and that's what they're doing. So get to the fourth round. Pick number 121. This is via the Chiefs. So uh, the Patriots did make a trade, obviously, Um I'm not going to get too de- deep into the trades just because it wasn't a ton that they did, but they were smart. They they traded back from 21 to 29 to pick up the 94 uh, in the 121, um, and they I did end up maneuvering around too, so they picked up another third for next year. But this fourth-round pick here, the 121 from the Chiefs, this was the pick, one of the picks that they obtained via moving back from 21 to 29 when they went ahead and took Strange. So, uh, But the fourth-round pick, 121, via the Chiefs, they took Jack Jones, corner from Arizona State, 5'10", 174, former Trojan. Um, I loved him at USC. I couldn't believe all of a sudden he was awesome. 2016, 2017, he was a good player after his sophomore. He was a five-star recruit. Um, but after his sophomore year, um, you know, things had to go south for him. Um, he ended up finishing his career at Arizona State. Um, he ended up hearing his name a little earlier than experts obviously had him pinned, which, of course, when that happens, it's going to be the Patriots making the move. That's not criticism. I'm just being honest. The Patriots, and uh, hey, Derek, the Steelers fan, Mr. Robbins out there, uh, here's the response to your tweet, because I didn't respond to you because I don't have 180 characters. That's not going to cover what I have to say here. Um, they do have a different draft board than most teams. I know you said they're holier than now, Patriots, this and that. Yeah, they do, man. They they have a different draft board than most teams, and every fan needs to know this. Every team, for that matter. I'm not saying this is a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying it's true. You know, for better or worse, Belichick has a specific way of doing things. His scouting staff, they like to dig into the small schools. Belichick's got a big-time thing for the small schools, and... Again, for better or worse, he's found a lot of guys. He's also taken a lot of guys that, you know, disappear. But he likes to go after those type of players, and and they aren't afraid to slot a guy where they think he belongs. Not, I don't know, Mel Kuyper. It's funny, everybody says Mel Kuyper's name, and he's the last guy I even think of anymore. I look at guys like Dane Brugler and guys like that. They know they're the ones who do all this work. But I'm still not going to trust them over a guy like Matt Groh. I'm just not. Oh, Bill Belichick. 
or I know everybody thinks Matt Patricia, everyone calls him the fat slob and this and that. I'm going to tell you this right now. Matt Patricia, that dude's got, he's a rocket science, rocket scientist. Like, that's not even like, it's not even like exaggeration. Like, oh, rocket scientist. No, no. He, the man has legit, like, degree in, in that. So, pretty sure he's smarter than all of us. I think he has an idea what he's doing. I just, call me crazy. I just, I don't know. I think he might have an idea what he's doing. So, again, enough with the projections projections and the Patriots. They have what they have a way of doing things. They're not going to change what they do. They probably shouldn't change from what they do. And, again, just because you disagree with it and just because you don't think it doesn't work and just because, yes, the last few drafts, Derek, you're right, 2017, 2018 is kind of weird. Look back at that one because they actually pulled a couple starters out of that that just didn't stick around and guys that just got hurt. 2019, eh, 2020, Jerry's out. 2021 was a home run. I don't care what anybody says. 2022, well, we'll see. We're talking about it right now. So there's the answer to your tweet, and that's why I didn't respond on Twitter because I didn't have enough characters to do it. So they have a way of doing things. So back to Jack Jones. Jack Jones, it's funny. You Google his name, and the first guy that comes up is the singer. And I don't think that guy's singing anything in a long time. But um, back to Jack, yeah. Um, so, again, he was a five-star recruit, stud at USC until 2017. Grades go down. He gets in trouble. Goes to JUCO. Goes to ASU. Starts for two years. And then, of course, projected in the seventh round, just like everybody the Patriots picked it. Drafted in the fourth, so paper, they, they saw things differently, valued them higher. Again, Derek, there it is. Um, we'll go Again, I'm going to value the front office over everybody. Uh, this kid's a ball hawk. That's one thing to keep in mind. Um, I like him. I like the fact that they drafted him because I loved him at USC. I thought he was really good. I was actually pissed when he had all those issues at USC and all that happened. It was great. You know, he went in, he got an el- he went ineligible. You know, bottom line is that school you got to do some work. You, you can't just ignore it. I know a lot of these guys, I know people think that these these college athletes, like, oh, they got people doing the work for them. But bullshit. No, they don't. That's just not true. I talk to these kids. I, co- I coached kids who went and played Division One, and you talk to them, and they come home and say, hey, what's it like? You know, how, how's it going? And they look at you, and their eyes are just bugging out, and they're like, coach, I go from practice to study hall to class to sleep to practice to study hall to class to sleep yeah and they had their times and they get the party and do all that those kids work hard man there's a lot of work they got to put in so if you're you know freshman sophomore you're at usc you're in california you're doing awesome you know girls all that stuff going on next thing you know the grades start to slip you got tough classes out there at usc you know unless your mother's becky from um full house I don't, I don't know how you're going to be able to uh, keep your grades up there. So, you know, it wasn't easy for, for Jones, and, and that's how he ended up getting his working his way out of USC and ended up at Arizona State. Cause... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, 
Priceline. Um, sorry for you Arizona State graduates out there, but uh, the education at USC is a hell of a lot better than it is Arizona State, so uh, a little easy to get into there. And again, he fixed himself up. Juco got things cleaned up. I'm pretty sure he had a kid, too. Um, he's got a little girl, I believe. Um, I'm not just making that up. I read that earlier. Um, and I'm sure that had something to do with it, too. You know, life happens. He had a kid. You know, probably made him grow up a little bit. And honestly, I, I actually kind of like that, that he's got a kid, because making him grow up a little bit makes him see things from a different perspective. Um, so, again, Jack Jones, cornerback, Arizona State, Patriots fourth-round pick via the Chiefs. He's going to have a chance to come in and compete. Guarantee he'll be on the roster. He's a fourth rounder. They're not going to cut him. So uh, welcome to the Patriots, Jack Jones. Um, again, another fourth rounder. Patriots had three fourth round picks. They were um, pretty active in the fourth round, clearly. Uh, pick number 127, Pierre Strong Jr. out of South Dakota State. Um, I spoke about them possibly trading Damian Harris because he's going to be a free agent soon. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, I believe, is a stud. They clearly have something up their sleeve when they brought in Fournette for a visit. So um, this pick of P.S. Strong Jr. in the fourth round, I think it's a clear sign that the running back position in New England is about to evolve once again. Uh, Strong is the fastest running back in the draft, um, but he has some development to do as a blocker and also as a, as a pass catcher. Um, but that's something New England's going to want him to do. He had 22 catches this senior year. Uh, every year in college, his reception numbers went up. So uh, that's a great sign for his NFL development. Um, with his speed, and he's got perfect build for an NFL running back. You know, five, you know, five ten, two oh seven. That's that's a good build because not really going to lose his speed, but he's got that good strength. That that's what they're looking for. Um, he has a chance to be special if he you know takes the coaching and and does what he's supposed to do. Between Stevenson, Harris, White, and now Strong, that Patriots running back backfield it's pretty terrifying for for defenses. They they got pretty much every answer to every question you could have. It's a good pick. Uh, the Patriots want to run, and they need to keep their backs young and with lots of tread on the tires, and clearly this kid's got it. So P.S. Strong, running back, South Dakota State to the Patriots in the fourth round. Uh, again, a guy that was projected to be a fifth-round pick. But again, running backs are weird to project, and um, I think the Patriots are excited to get him. I think they're happy to, again, draft the fastest player at his position in the draft. Fourth round, this is one, again, when I was in my addiction state on that damn pro football-focused freaking mock draft site. Um, Bailey Zappi, quarterback, Western Kentucky. Patriots get him in the fourth round, number 137, via the Panthers, another trade that they made. Um, Zappi is another guy that I went through when I had realized that I saved all the drafts. I deleted them at this point. I'm, I, I swear to God, I got rid of them. Um, but I selected him with every single draft, too, every one of them. He, he's a good player. Um, and when I was with my family at the Worcester Red Sox game on Saturday, I'm looking for updates on my phone, and then I see that Zappi was coming to New England, and I like, yelled out. I was like, yes! I was like so pump, pumped up, and the... The the Woo Sox were losing. People were kind of giving me the dirty look, but uh, no offense to the, the Worcester Red Sox. I like them, but I was pretty happy to see that they had drafted Zappy because I projected this uh, again out of luck. And just seeing that his skill set in, in the Patriots' needs, and they got it done. And of course, they have, um, you're going to have the people out there with the obligatory. 
they should have drafted defense. Uh, but that same person will be wearing a Zappy jersey if Mac Jones gets hurt and this kid's good enough to come in and, and keep the ship going straight. You now, here's a news flash for everybody Hoyer, he is essentially a coach and likely to lose the backup job pretty soon. All right, that, that's going to happen soon. Um, Stidham stinks. He, he stinks. He's no, that's not happening. I thought he might be an NFL backup. I, I QB, really. I thought he might be an NFL actual QB. I've written about him saying, you know, the kid played some big games and he was in college, and he did. Um, I think I was wrong. I do. I think I was wrong. I also thought Johnny Manziel was going to be good too. So I will say that. I'll also say that Manziel was two and two, and that if he didn't have a major major drug problem, who knows what would happen? Because heroin's bad. Um, but again, I, I, I I'm going to get off the subject here. Um, but again, I think I was wrong about Stidham. I don't think he can play. I think the Patriots see the same thing. Um, and I think that's why the Zappy pick was a pick for need, not just for luxury. Um, they needed to get another quarterback. They really did. They they don't have another one. They have one guy. They have one player coach. And they got one guy who's not a quarterback in the NFL. He throws interceptions every time he steps on the field. So having one legit quarterback is great. But consistent playoff teams, they draft quarterbacks on a regular basis. In fact, the Patriots have drafted the most quarterbacks in the league, I believe, since 2010. So they know what it's they know what they're doing. Keep drafting them. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep drafting quarterbacks, especially when you only have one of the roster that can really play. You, you might as well take a shot as often as possible. Zappy threw for 62 touchdowns in 21. It's the record for most ever in a D1 season. He broke um, Joe Burrow's record actually. He's accurate, smart, he's tough. He's good fit in New England's offense. He's only six feet, um, but that's all right. Six feet, as long as he knows how to hit those windows, he, he should be all right. 215 pounds, so he's got a little lead. He's not tiny. You know, you watch him on film, he's, he's got a little lead to him. He's, he's not tiny. Um, he does make up for his small stature, too, with, with pocket movement. He knows how to move. He's got good feet. He can, he can run. He's not fast, per se, but he knows how to move around. He knows how to elude guys, and he knows how to get away from pressure. Um, I think he could potentially flourish in a zone run play action type system. You watch him get outside the pocket, and you see things that he does. You know, those are the type of guys that are really good in like San Francisco's type of system. And the Patriots run it too. And the Patriots are very zone heavy too. So um, I think if a guy when you see Zappy play, definitely keep an eye out for that preseason. Watch what they're doing um, as far as their run game is going to say a lot as far as what they see him as a quarterback. And if they're zone-heavy, they're probably going to be, like I think, zone-heavy type with him if he happens to, like I said, if Mac Jones gets hurt, if this kid turns into a stud, you never know. I mean, what if Billy Zappi comes in training camp and he lights it up? Okay, everyone's out there like, this guy's crazy. Yeah, well, you never know. Mac Jones did it one year. Yeah, it was awesome. They went ten and eight, and they turned it around. And looks like they're on the, in my eyes, looks like they're on the up and up. But you just never know. They just drafted a kid through sixty-two touchdowns last last season. It's a good move. It's a good pickup. So again, great pick. I don't care what any of you guys say. Any of you who think this is a bad pick, who think they should have gone for a fourth round safety or a fourth round defensive end, why, why not take the chance on a quarterback? A when you need one, B, when the guy showed that he can play, and C, you know that the Patriots could probably sign an undrafted free agent who's going to contribute to the team just as much as a fourth-round pick that they're going to draft on defense. You know how Belichick does it.
So good pick. Bailey Zappi, quarterback, Western Kentucky, coming to the Patriots with the fourth-round pick. Next up, no fifth-rounders. They, they don't like fifth-round picks in New England. I <laughs> I don't have any explanation for it. Fourth-round picks in Clemson. They had the Ghostbusters sign down there in Foxborough hanging up. The big thing through and saying fifth-round picks in Clemson. Just, I don't know, man. Uh, no, they do not like them. So, sixth rounder, 183. They got this one via the Texans and one of their uh, many sh- uh, moves around the board. They took Kevin Harris, a running back out of South Carolina. Now, I want to question this one because it's like, okay, you're going to take another running back? So, he's a 5'10", 227-pound hammer of a runner. So, he's a hammer. Um, I mean, he's pretty much as north-south as it gets. Uh, The knock on Harris is he doesn't cut well, but if he can cut once, he can find the hole and attack it, and that actually might do him well in the NFL. In New England, they use zone, like I said, but they also use downhill running schemes. So the variety at back makes sense. I get that. You know, they like doing that, but he's he's more of a downhill running back than P.S. Strong Jr., which makes sense because that's typically what the Patriots do when they take running backs. But they still have Damian Harris on the roster. Like, something's up here. I, I, I'm i sorry, but something's up. They took two running backs in the draft. They drafted Ramondre Stevenson last season. There's only so much room for these backs. They're not just going to turn around and cut this kid after they took him. Uh, something's something's in the works down there, I think. Something is up. Um, I, again, I mentioned... I. I think this might be happening. Not only am I concerned about the Harris thing, and I'm not concerned. If they trade him, they trade him. I like him. I do. But he's gotten hurt a decent amount. And if they trade him, hmm, I wonder what they're going to get back for him. I mean, we had a couple of rumors pop up the other day. We're going to talk a little bit about that at the end. So this running back bonanza during the draft, um, I think there's some meat to the bone as to what I was talking about the other day, and that's what I'm talking about right now. We're going to keep an eye on that. Um, The other thing, too, is I'm worried about the health of James White. I'm just going to put that out there. If you're drafting a running back that you want to project as a guy who can catch the ball and you want to get him going, um, maybe we should keep an eye on that situation because James White, he may not. I don't know. We'll see. Ramondre Stevenson showed that he could catch the ball a little bit last year, too. So he his role as a pass catcher in third down may evolve even more. So he, I, I think that they're looking at the potential of James White not being in New England. Um, and not because they don't love him, just because the guy had a major hip injury and he's, I don't know his exact age off the top of my head. That's bad. Um, but he's an older running back in the NFL and he has a hip injury. So keep an eye on that. Uh, this position, say this right now, it's probably going to be the most competitive group in training camp, assuming there's not a trade made before then. Uh, so get your popcorn ready because that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Sixth-round pick, number 200, Sam Roberts, defensive tackle from Northwest Missouri State. He was the small school defensive player of the year. Um, so that's the second time in three years that the small school defensive player of the year heads to New England. He's listed at 6'3", 297. Uh, he's got a knack for blocking kicks, kind of random. Uh, he blocked five in college. He, he's obviously a project, considering that he's a six-round pick. Um, but he's got the tools to be an NFL starter, uh, or at least a rotational defensive lineman. Uh, Roberts, it was funny when, when he got picked, and he went on Twitter and um, 
he didn't go on Twitter, but he went on Twitter back in like 2019, and he lives in the Missouri area, and obviously the Chiefs fans everywhere, and he's got his Patriots stuff on, and he's talking trash and everything, and the Patriots tweeted out something about saying, you know, say less. It was kind of funny. It was, uh, I got a kick out of that tweet. Uh, but Robert's his whole family is a huge Patriots fan, so when he got selected, that was pretty cool to watch. The whole family was going nuts um, because, you know, you root for a team, and all of a sudden you're getting selected by him. That's got to be pretty cool. So, again, this small school defensive player of the year heads to New England. Totally a project, but, hey, worked out with Kyle Duggar. So, Roberts, 200 pick. I think that's worth taking. Is that enough of a value for you guys? Is that a value pick? Ugh, gross. And the other thing, too, just to put this out there, ESPN with that stupid calculator, there was an 80% chance that, that guy would have been available in the fourth round. Uh, really? How how the hell did they know that? That thing, oh, like that irked me. I'm sorry. No, not to uh, complain to you guys, but that really, that, that one kind of pissed me off. Okay, back to the sixth round, number 210 via the Rams. Chasen Hines, guard from LSU. Uh, he's 6'2", 327. Hines is good size for an interior lineman. Uh, the knock on Hines, though, is he's conditioning which Patriots have some linemen in that boat, so maybe they can bring him in some of those, um, you know, get Trent Brown to work with him or keep him away from each other because it could be the opposite. They could be out pounding cheeseburgers together, so who knows. Uh, he was a four-star prospect. Uh, he started 16 of a possible 17 games his junior and senior year, um, but he's always been battling the nagging, nagging injuries. Again, there's the cheeseburger injuries. I know I, I have some weight on my bones, I understand. Um, it's mainly due to being out of shape. He is there. He's talented, though. That's clear. He's talented enough to be an NFL starting guard, uh, assuming he can take the coaching. And again, I can't stop saying this, keep himself in shape. Uh, being a six-round six pick, um, it could help push him and try to get a big contract. Who knows? That's typically what happens to some of these guys is, they get drafted late, and they're like, oh, man, I'm not, I'm not going to get paid what I thought I was going to get paid. How am I going to pay for what I just bought on credit? <laughs> Next thing you know, these dudes are all playing their hearts out. They play, they develop the way they're supposed to, and then they get the big contract. So maybe Hines realizes that. He gets over the whole, you know, people call it baby fat. I just call it being a kid. I mean, the guy's 23 years old, 22 years old. I think he's 22. Let's see what it does. I, th- I like taking a chance on a 6'2", 327 guard from LSU, four-star prospect. Definitely worth it. So um, whatever it takes, this kid can stay in shape. He's probably going to save for the field for the Patriots, see the field for the Patriots because it's an area that they're kind of hurting right now. So, again, Chase and Hines, guard, LSU, coming to the Patriots in the sixth round. And then their last pick, finally, uh, number 245 via the Texans. They took Andrew Stuber, who's a tackle from Michigan. He's a big dude, 6'6", 325. Uh, the Patriots love those big, tall tackles at 6'6", 6'7", 6'8". They love those guys. Um, that's just that's what they've always selected. It's funny for all the complaints about perceived value. Oh, my God, value. Did they get the value? Uh, New England drafted multiple players in the lower rounds that had higher projections. Um, but we, we're not going to hear much about that unless it's on this show because I'm going to say something about it. Because, again, I keep it positive and I also keep it black and white as much as possible. Um, Stupid's a project. Nothing about that. And, you know, no question about that. Um, but his size and his ability, kick and play. It's intriguing. Played at a high level in college, playing in Michigan. You're playing against some good players. So uh, he was very good in Michigan. So he's got a chance. And the Patriots 
you knew they were going to draft somebody out of Michigan. They love going there, you know. But they're good at drafting offensive linemen. Um, maybe they found a steal of Stuber in the seventh. Who knows? Uh, but I do like the fact that they did go out and get a tackle, um, and they went out and got a big one like him who has the pedigree and, again, was projected as a fifth-round pick. But, again, that's not how they had him graded. They had him graded as a seventh, and then they saw him there in the seventh, and then they took him. But who knows? I could be wrong. They may have had him graded higher and just didn't take him because they had other guys ahead of him. I don't know. Either way, he's a Patriot. Stuber, Patriots for Michigan, via the seventh round, 245th pick. Welcome to New England. All right, we only got a little bit of time left here because, well, it's getting late, and I don't want to take up too much time for you guys. So let's take a quick run through the undrafted free agents. First one is Derek King. He's a wide receiver, quarterback, running back. That's right, triple threat and slash. Um, he's from Miami University, not Ohio, Miami, the U. Um King is likely to focus on receiver in the NFL. Last time the Patriots took an athletic 5'9", 190-pound college quarterback that could do multiple things, it worked out pretty well. I'm not saying he's the next Edelman, but King, he's a talented athlete. Um, he has a chance to stick on the roster. He has played some receiver in college. He can't catch the ball. It's not like he's never done it before. So De'Eric King, some people had him mocked to the Patriots. Um, a lot of guys around here liked him. Well, guess what? They should be happy because he's a Patriot, at least for now. Uh, Brendan Schooler, safety from Texas. Special teams, really. Not much else. Schooler was a wide receiver. Moved over to defense when he transferred to Texas. He also went to Oregon and Arizona, which is, I mean, Jesus Christ, three colleges. He went to Oregon, Arizona, Texas. Like, I, the more I think about that and the more I'm just looking at it here, and it's like, seriously, dude, three colleges? What the hell are you doing? That's crazy. So he was a wideout at Oregon, Arizona, and then he goes to Texas and he's a safety. He makes 50 tackles as a senior. You know, weird. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kind of having that. You know, I'm just kind of thinking about that now. It's a, he had a weird career. He's a good athlete. He's a major long shot to make the roster. I don't know. I think he's just from an athleticism standpoint. That's why they picked him up to see if he could come in and maybe fill a role as just a special team guy. Uh, next person they took was uh, Cody Russi, center from Houston. I don't, think, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. It could be Russi. I think it's Russi, though. Um, David Andrews isn't getting any younger, uh, which is clear with the signing of two centers. We'll get to the second one in a minute. I'm excited about that one. Um, and also the drafting of Strange. I mean, let's not forget, Strange played center in the Senior Bowl. In fact, there's a picture of Strange um, and our man um, – Chase and Hines next to each other because they actually played right next to each other during the game. So um, keep an eye on that one because David Andrews, again, isn't getting any younger. He almost didn't even come back in the first place. The Patriots gave him, they said, this is what we're going to give you, Not, nothing else. He's back, but, again, they just got rid of Shaq Mason. This team, they don't tie themselves to guys if they think they're done. So keep an eye on that one. Very interesting how many centers they're bringing in. Uh, next guy, LeBrian Ray, defensive tackle from Alabama. Guy was injured all throughout college. He was an absolute stud in high school. Five-star recruit, 28th ranked overall. 28th ranked overall player in the entire country his senior year. He was a top of the top tier recruit. This kid can stay healthy, and that's a big if. He can absolutely play in the NFL. He can be a freaking star in the NFL, but he's got to stay healthy, and he just hasn't done that. This is one of those fun-to-watch type deals, though, because it's boomer bust. So let's see. Well, Brian Ray, let's see if he can stay on the field and turn into a steal for the Patriots. They always find him in, in undrafted free agency, so let's see what happens. Next guy, Demarcus Mitchell, linebacker, Purdue. 
He's another transfer. He started his career on offense uh, before moving to the edge. Uh, Mitchell is clearly a project, assuming they even keep him at all. Um, there's only so many practice squad spots. So Demarcus Mitchell from Purdue, outside linebacker slash edge, used to play on offense. I forgot where he went to college before, so you guys have to look that up on your own because I'm not going to do all the work for you. Uh, next guy, Jake Julian from Michigan, punter. Shocking, they go to Michigan again, but they, I knew they were going to bring in a punter because they should. Um, it's time to give some competition to Allen. He was not good last season. He makes a lot of money for a punter, uh, so hopefully Julian can up- unseat him and save the Patriots from cap space. I'm sorry, but I'm not really tied to any punters. I- I'd like to see the best guy here. Um, so last but not least, as far as the undrafted free agents, and I- I'm hoping I'm going to reach out to him somehow, some way, um, and try to see if we can get him on the podcast. The Patriots' final free agent signing is Liam Shanahan, a center out of LSU. Um, Shanahan's a special one to me and, and to all of us around the Central Mass area. I know Liam personally. I've known Liam since he was in, I don't know, sec, first, second grade. Um, he's from Marlboro, Massachusetts. I'm from Marlboro, Massachusetts, the town I grew up in, and I coached there uh, until 2014. I helped run and coach in uh, the Marlboro Youth Basketball League um, over at the Boys and Girls Club. So, again, I watched Liam grow up. Um, great kid, good family. Um, when I left to coach in West Pro, Massachusetts, which is where I am now, Liam was a star football and basketball player at Marlboro High School. So I had the pleasure of watching this young man grow from the Youth Basketball League into an absolute beast of a kid who just outworked everybody. You know, add the obvious talent, and the sky was the limit. So he went to Harvard uh, for two years, and then he transferred over to LSU. Um, so Liam's going to be wearing a Patriots uniform in, in training camp, and and hopefully much longer. I mean, that's to see this kid and, and know him and know what he's all about, and and to see how hard he's worked. You know that there's so many stories like that, but when you know one personally, obviously you you, you get a soft spot and you want to see him make it. So congratulations, Liam. You know. I know all the people from Marlboro are happy to see you make it this far. All the guys from Westboro who played against you, I know all the kids that I coached back when you played against them, they said you were an absolute beast. And I told them, I tried to warn them, but they wouldn't listen to me. They were like, oh, no, we'll be all right, coach. Yeah, no, Liam beat the hell out of those kids. But he was a respectful player. He would help a guy up. And not to mention basketball-wise, the kid was pretty good. He's a great athlete, so... Um, I think Liam has a good chance to make, to make this team just based off of knowing what he is as a player. Now, if he doesn't make the initial wa- roster, I could definitely see him on the practice squad, and then he's going to develop into an eventual contributor. Listen, David Andrews was once an undrafted free agent too. So they brought in Liam, and then they brought in the other kid there. Uh, his name is escaping me right now. His name is Cody Russi. It shouldn't escape me because I couldn't pronounce it right. Um, obviously, obviously, I'm rooting for Liam to make it over the Russi kid. I'm sorry. Sorry, Cody. Uh, nothing against you, but, you know, I know who Liam is. He's a good kid, and I want to see him make the Patriots. He's got a good family. He's a Marlboro kid, and I want to see him make it. So, Liam, good luck. And, again, if you hear this, I'm going to reach out to you and try to get you on the show. So, um, that's the Patriots additions. There's a lot of guys. They they added 10 guys in the draft, and... Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys in undrafted free agents. And they also, um, I can't remember his first name off the top of my head. I just saw this a little bit, a little while ago. They were also bringing in for a tryout, uh, Andre Tippett's son. 
Um, obviously, his last name is Tippett. Actually, you never know nowadays. You could have his mom's last name, but still, his last name is Tippett. Um, and he is a cornerback. He's about 5'8", 175. He's a local kid, uh, Massachusetts area. He is going to get a tryout in training camp. He doesn't sign a contract. He's just getting a tryout, which I found to be kind of odd. Um, but it's still listed um, on the transaction list. So um, that is the last person, technically, that's been spoken to and would sign any type of contract um, other than, again, Liam Shanahan from Marlboro. So, uh, again, uh, Patriots add seven players as undrafted free agents. They bring in one for a tryout, and they draft ten guys. And they also added a third-round pick in the 2023 draft. Um, So, looking pretty good going forward. Personally, my draft grade is not going to happen until 2024. Because I'm not an insane person. Because again, and I'm just going to leave you with this because I think it's the best explanation for it. You can't grade the test until the person takes the test. You got to let the person write their answers and pass it back to you before you grade it. You can't just give it to them and then go to your grade book and write A or an F based off your projection from what they did on another test or what they made their little or what their older brother might have done. Oh, Johnny's older brother was an A student. All right, so Jimmy, you don't have to take this test, buddy. You're an A student. You're good to go. We know it because we saw that your brother could read at a level beyond anybody. So we're going to go ahead and project you there. It doesn't work that way, okay? It doesn't. It doesn't. So enough with all that stuff. Let's start taking a look at these guys when they get to the pros if you want to do a grade after a training camp, okay, I can see that. Maybe not even training camp. I would say after after preseason. Say, all right, this kid looked good. This kid's doing this. This kid hasn't really shown up yet. That's one thing. Even after one year, you can do your, your, your whole things with the grades. But you don't have a true draft grade on any of these guys until two years into it. Because all of them are out for four. So you got to see where they're at for halfway through. And if they haven't hit anything halfway through, okay, bust, most likely. If they're playing and they're looking like they're on the up and up, well, you got to wait and see what year three and four look like, too, before you can even call them a bust. That's why I'm looking at the 2020 draft and with that whole weird COVID crap and everything that happened and the Patriots not drafting or really looking at any linebackers. There's some linebackers from that draft and there's some linebackers from 2021 then I'm starting to think maybe they do like, and I spoke about them on an earlier podcast, and I also wrote about it a couple weeks ago too. Again, the jury's out on 2020, but the jury hasn't come back. 2021, you've got a starting quarterback, a starting D-tackle, and a stud running back out of that thing, and you may have found a couple linebackers too. So if you end up coming back with Cam McGurr and Ronnie Ronnie Perkins and those guys being good too, that's an absolute home run. So, jury's out on 2020. We know 2016, 2017, those years are all wash. But, again, grade-wise, you cannot grade these teams for two years. That is my PSA for tonight. Thank you all for joining us. Really appreciate it. I know the show went a little bit longer than I expected. But, again, they went out and picked up 17 players over the last three days. And it was a crazy three days. And... Some people thought it was great. Some people thought it was the worst thing they've ever seen. And we're all going to find out over the next couple seasons. So I hope everybody has a great night. Everybody has a great week. 
Go Patriots. Good night, everybody.